You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today as we are heading into the weekend. We are a day away from Tennessee and Florida kicking things off at noon down in the swamp. It's a big one for Tennessee, a very important game for the Vols as they open up SEC play. Coming up on today's show, I will look at a number of different matchups, players to pay attention to, keys for the Vols, all of that over the next three segments. In segment number one, I will look at three things that Tennessee needs to accomplish to give itself a chance to pull off the upset against the Gators. In segment number two, I'm going to talk to Zach Abelverde from Locked On Gators. He keeps up with what's going on with Florida. And I'll get his perspective on what's interesting within this matchup, what he's going to be paying attention to, and how the offense might be affected with the quarterback change. That's coming up in the second segment of the show. And then a few other factors to pay attention to this weekend, including the offensive line for Tennessee. It's a young, inexperienced group, at least the one that we saw this past Saturday. Is it going to be ready? Bryce Thompson returning to the team. What kind of impact could he make? And Will somebody have a coming out party for the Vols? All of that right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I appreciate you being here. The show is here five days a week. If you had any trouble getting the show on Thursday, I apologize for that as uh, the platform that we used was dealing with some kind of RSS feed issue. It's all fixed now, and it was up in the middle of the morning on Thursday. But if you had any problems trying to access the show on Thursday, sorry about that. We should be good to go now. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find Locked On Vols. So three things that I think Tennessee needs to do on Saturday to have a chance to beat Florida. Number one, I think, is pretty obvious. Win the turnover battle. Think about last year's game. Tennessee gave the ball up early. Florida dominated the turnover battle and dominated the game. Florida does not get to 47 points or really anywhere close, at least it shouldn't have, if Tennessee hadn't turned the ball over and set Florida up for easy scores the way that it did a year ago. Tennessee is the underdog here. Tennessee is a 14-point dog in this game. And if you think back to last year, Tennessee was an underdog of more than two touchdowns against Auburn. Winning the turnover battle was a big help in Tennessee being able to pull off the upset. Tennessee won the turnover battle against Kentucky. Tennessee won the game against Kentucky. That's how you make up the difference when you are at a disadvantage straight up going in. That's the position Tennessee's in. So as much as you hear Jeremy Pruitt talk about getting to the quarterback, forcing turnovers, taking the ball away, it has to be stressed going into this game. I'm going to give it away again as one to pay attention to in the Georgia game. Probably Mississippi State, but Alabama for sure. If Tennessee is going to try to win some of these games that it's not expected to win, it has to do something extra to make up the difference taking the ball away. If Darrell Taylor can get into the backfield and hit Kyle Trask or Emory Jones when he's in the game, these are guys that are still fairly inexperienced playing at that position in for Felipe Franks. Tennessee needs to cause them problems, confuse them, and then make a play on the ball. And of course, you want to capitalize. Can you uh, can you get a big return on defense or special teams? Can you put the offense in a position where it can more easily score? That's one thing I think Tennessee needs to get done this weekend. Number two on my list is probably pretty obvious as well. 
Tennessee needs good quarterback play because it did not get good quarterback play in the first two games of the season, and Tennessee lost both of them. It's not all on Jarrett Garantano for Tennessee to have been 0-2 after the George State and BYU games, but if he's just a little bit better against BYU, Tennessee probably wins the game. The George State game is one where I would point to a lot of people and say it's on them, but uh, Jarrett has to play better, which... Jeremy Pruitt talked about after practice on Wednesday, Jarrett, how he's performed and how he and his teammates around him need to step up. There's no doubt, uh, you know, the first two games Jarrett didn't play as good as he's capable of playing. You know, I've seen him. I've seen him at his best. And when he's when he's on, he's pretty good. Okay. Um, you know, there's been times probably in his career that, you know, uh, maybe based off some things around him, maybe didn't have – as good an opportunity to be at his best all the time, whether it was protection or, or whatever, uh, maybe just a scoreboard in itself, you know. Um, but I do feel like that uh, our offensive line is much improved. have given him a pretty nice pocket uh, this year, given him opportunity. We've got uh, good skilled players around him. Uh, and, and he's like everybody else. I mean, he, he's working hard to be at his best for every Saturday, and he'll continue to do that. Jeremy Pruitt talking about Tennessee's quarterback, Jarrett Garantano. They need him to be good this weekend. I don't think Tennessee can win in Gainesville if he's not. And then the final thing Tennessee needs to make sure it does, or in this case doesn't do on Saturday, Tennessee has to eliminate mistakes. Winning the turnover battle factors in here. Tennessee needs to take care of the ball. But on offense, protecting Jarrett Garantano is going to be so important. Understanding blocking assignments. Tennessee has to eliminate as best it can missed assignments, mental errors on the defensive side, making sure players understand what their assignments are because mistakes against Florida can lead to big plays by Florida's offense or big screw-ups on offense that Florida could take advantage of. Tennessee can't have it. Tennessee needs to eliminate penalties. They had some Mistakes this past weekend against Chattanooga that didn't matter because it was Chattanooga. Trey Smith and Will Ignat with late hits. Uh, Joe Doyle, as much as I loved the aggression and joked that he was practicing as a backup linebacker this past week, the late hit out of bounds, you just you can't have those kinds of mistakes that give Florida some kind of advantage. They can swing the game one way or the other. Field position will matter. Things like that. Uh, the kicking game for Tennessee has been really good. I think the way that Brent Samaglia, Joe Doyle, and Paxton Brooks have kicked has been really good for Tennessee, and that could end up being something that gives Tennessee a good chance of winning this game on Saturday. Things like that will really matter. Everything matters when you're trying to pull off an upset on the road. What else stands out in this matchup? I'm going to talk to Zach Abelverde from the Locked On Gators podcast coming up next. We're going to cover Tennessee versus Florida and what you need to be paying attention to and more information for you on Tennessee's opponent this upcoming weekend. That's coming up next on Locked On Vols. And no matter what kind of game, event you're trying to get to, Vivid Seats is a great option to help you get there. It's an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. And Vivid Seats is great. It helps you with credit back that you can get on purchases. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience, as well as an in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards. When you go download the Vivid Seats app, you are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. You'll enjoy credits on all purchases as part of 
of Vivid Seats Rewards. Reward statuses range from MVP to Hall of Famer. Customers can earn from 10% up to 16% credit on all purchases through the Vivid Seats app. So go to the App Store or Google Play and download it, the Vivid Seats app. All Vivid Seats orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. And remember to use promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100 with Vivid Seats. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I want to welcome to the show Zach Abelverde, who is the host of Locked On Gators. And uh, this is kind of a crossover here with Locked On Vols, Locked On Gators, getting ready for the upcoming week. And Zach, I'm curious, just looking at the game going into Saturday, is there a matchup or two? What stands out to you looking at the two teams going up against each other that will maybe matter the most this upcoming weekend? I I definitely think, Josh, how Florida's backup quarterback, who's now the starter, Kyle Trask, is going to do against Tennessee's defense. I think that this that's going to be an opportunity for the Vols to come into the swamp and try and get an advantage if they can game plan for him and come out with some success defensively. I think that Kyle was able to catch Kentucky off guard in that fourth quarter and did a really good job of dialing up the plays that Dan Mullen had for him. But now, you know, Jeremy Pruitt and his staff have, have had a week to go look at him on film, and, and now Kyle has to prepare and I think that that's the one area going into this game where you really don't know. Uh, you know, obviously Florida's offensive line has been an issue too. Defensively, they've been pretty stout, but now there's there's that you know question mark at quarterback with Felipe Franks' injury. Do you think that Mullen will try to establish the run and and give those guys a chance up front to show that they can be successful moving Tennessee's defense to maybe help Kyle Trask get comfortable as well? Uh, what do you think about that or, or something else that Dan Mullen might try on the offensive side? Yeah, it's interesting, Josh. I mean, he's, it seems like he and the staff have tried to establish the run in every game early on, and they haven't been able to do it. Uh, I mean, even when they came at home against the Swamp and had their, their big 45 nothing blowout win, they still weren't able to, to, to rush the ball effectively. And that was something that showed up again against Kentucky, and it showed up in the season opener against Miami. So that's why I think that you've heard him say this week that even though Kyle Trask is going to get the start at quarterback, he's also going to use redshirt freshman Emory Jones, who played a little bit last year. Uh, he, he was able to keep his redshirt because he didn't do more than four games. And he's more of a dual threat than Kyle Trask is. And if he can come in there and be somewhat of a weapon from that aspect, maybe he could give the Gators another dynamic in their ground game. They haven't been able to run it straight at up the middle. They've been having to do a lot of stuff on the outside. Uh, even against Kentucky, their big 76-yard touchdown run by Josh Hammond to seal the game, You know, he, he got around the corner on that, and that was the two tight ends blocking that had to set that play. So Florida hasn't had a lot of success trying to open holes in the run game. And if they're not able to do it against Tennessee, uh, you know that that could not be the recipe that you want for Kyle Trask. 
Staying on the offensive side with Florida, is there a guy on the outside, a guy at receiver that uh, interests you the most going into this game to see if he can step up and make plays that Tennessee's defense might be focused on this weekend? Yeah, well, Florida's got so many receivers. It's it's every every game. I think that those guys have have lived up to the expectations that they came coming into the year. And that's the one thing I think that you like if if you are Dan Mullen that Kyle Trask has some help around him. The offensive line has been shaky, but they have a, a great running back in Lamichael P. Ryan and a ton of wide receivers. It, it seemed like Van Jefferson was was one of his go to targets yesterday um, or, or against. Kentucky, he had a nice pass as well to Josh Hammond, and uh, I think that they do a good job of trying to spread the ball around. They, whenever they have four or five wide receivers on the field, any one can be a threat. You don't have Kadarius Tony, so that's taken something away from that position. But I would think that Trevon Grimes has a chance to potentially be a guy that emerges more. He is in his time here at Florida, been more of a backup and is starting to to kind of get more. Uh, reps with the first team so he's had a lot of practice time with Kyle over the last year and, and I think that he could be you know one of his favorite targets against Tennessee yeah I wonder if similar conversations are happening on both sides Florida with the number of receivers that can step up and make plays that you're talking about and then on Tennessee side I'm sure the Vols are trying to figure out a way to get the ball to Juwan Jennings Marquez Callaway to test Florida's defensive backs in some way uh, Ty Chandler out of the backfield who can be effective as a runner and receiver I bet it's similar thoughts, and those are pretty obvious things, but it's it's the depth of skill talent that each each side has. That is what I'm sure both Florida and Tennessee are, are hoping can turn into an advantage. Yeah, because Florida doesn't, you know, it's a question mark if they're going to have C.J. Henderson available for this game. And as we saw against Kentucky, when he's not in the game, uh, Florida secondary, although still very good, is not the same, and, and you have a chance to have some success against them, especially if you can establish a ground game, which the Wildcats were able to do. So if Tennessee can find a way to do that, uh, things could get interesting, even though this has not been the start to the season that Tennessee has wanted and Florida has looked good for the most part. I still have a feeling that even with a rivalry game and, and Florida having some change at quarterback that this game, at the very least, is going to be interesting on Saturday. I, if Florida comes right out of the gate and just starts blowing out Tennessee like they did last year, uh, I, I would be surprised just because of some of the ways that they've struggled. I Man, I don't know what your, your thoughts are on, on Tennessee. I thought that they were going to be a lot better than they've showed so far this year. I did not see that Georgia State game coming, and I don't think Tennessee's no. coaching staff or the players – yeah, I mean, who did, right? Uh, I don't think Tennessee's coaches or players – were close to being as focused on that game and focusing on the opponent. I think Tennessee looked at it as a game they can get out there and do whatever they want to and they'll be fine. And then by the time they realized they had a real game, it, it was too much. The The big positive for Tennessee over the last couple of weeks, even in the loss to BYU, has been that Tennessee mentally has responded. Tennessee's effort and energy has been there. They just, you know, they needed to play better against BYU. But uh, I do think that going in there in Gainesville, Tennessee is going to be a motivated team. And I'll be curious to see, uh, is Florida all the way dialed in? Can, can you tell, Zach, in terms of the the rivalry itself, there's no doubt that it is one, but uh, the, the the active status, you know, I, I know LaMichael Piran in the summer was talking about, well, not really to him. And you know, he hasn't seen Tennessee have much success against Tennessee. So what, what do you think from that standpoint, the uh, the interest level and in making sure you take care of uh, a team that has been a rival in Tennessee, what, what is the, the motivation level, the focus like for Florida this week? It is interesting that you bring that point up, Josh, because I, I don't feel like 
Tennessee, not just this season, but for the last few years, um, has just had the same intensity as some of the other rivalries. I think the year that they were able to get the win in 2016, uh, you know, that, that brought some juice. But you, you've heard the Florida players say that they just don't get amped up for this game or, or at least view it in the same way that they do some of their other rivals. Um, and I, I think that that's a lot based on the results of, of the last decade. But at the end of the day, you're coming into SEC play in your home opener. Um, you, you had a performance against Kentucky where you didn't play your best. You're really fortunate to come out with a win. You know, you scored 19 points in the fourth quarter with your backup quarterback. That's not going to happen every game. So they have a lot of things that I think looking in the mirror that they need to be jacked up about going into the swamp on Saturday. And, you know, the comments and, and, and some of the stuff that's said in the media, I, I would have hoped that some of these players have, have learned in the past, you know that this rivalry has featured some of that with Quincy Wilson and does a duck pull a truck and all that stuff. So uh, these guys just need to worry about going out and playing ball on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I, I would say you're right. Uh, and that needs to be the thought from both sides. Is there anything that else that stands out to you, Zach, that is of interest to you from Tennessee side or with the matchup or players or, or anything just between these two teams? Yeah, I'm just surprised that the quarterback is, is – um, having still the struggles, I guess, inconsistencies that, that he is. I look at him, and sometimes I see him play, and, and Garantano looks like he's got a, a lot of tools and talent. And I thought that Jim Chaney, with you know his resume and the success that he had with Jake Fromm, would be able to, to elevate his game. And maybe that's a, still a process that's to come. Um, but it looks like the early returns haven't maybe been what folks expected with Chaney. Yeah, that's... I think with Tennessee fans, I think that's been the biggest frustration early on. And uh, Jarrett is definitely the guy at quarterback for Tennessee. Maybe that changes as the season goes along. But I don't think there's much trust from Tennessee's coaching staff with either of the backup quarterbacks who are really inexperienced. Neither guy had ever taken a college snap until this past Saturday. So it's going to be Jarrett there. And I wonder what kind of pressure Florida is able to create. How does Tennessee's offensive line do? They've been working on that the last few weeks. That's what kept it from being a game last year was Florida and its pressure and the mistakes Tennessee made. It was over very quickly at Neyland Stadium. Uh, an update on uh, uh, on Zuniga, as, as best you know, and with or without him, how does that affect Florida's defense, do you think, this upcoming weekend? Yeah, Mullen didn't have any, any updates yet when we last spoke with him on, on Wednesday. And, yeah, if, if Zuniga can't go, that, that changes Florida's defense. You're talking about not only Henderson potentially being out but if Zuniga doesn't play, that's Florida's top two guys on that side of the ball that aren't suiting up, and and that makes a difference in the game. And now the one thing is that Florida does have some depth on their defensive line, more so at end than the tackle position. I think you'll see Zachary Carter be a guy that kind of steps up and gets some more playing time if Zuniga can't go. But but I mean he's someone that you'll notice if he's not in there because I think with having him on the edge and Jonathan Greenard, the transfer from Louisville, who's now playing that buck position that is vacated by Ja'Kai Polite, those two coming off of the edge are a really dynamic duo, and they showed that in the Miami game. If Zuniga doesn't go, that's going to make life a lot easier on Garantano as he's, he's trying to have some success in the Swamp. Tennessee at Florida, 12 o'clock kickoff uh, down there in the Swamp coming up on Saturday afternoon. Zach Abelverde of the Locked On Gators podcast. I'm Josh Ward of Locked On Balls. Really good information, Zach. Uh, appreciate the time here today. Absolutely, Josh. Appreciate you joining me, bud. Thanks.
Coming up next on Locked on Vols, a few questions I have about Tennessee heading into the game against Florida as the Vols try to get a win in the first SEC game, a game that would be a huge win for Tennessee if it can get it. That's coming up next on Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember, I have links in the show notes. If you ever want to send me a question or comment for the show, you can do so on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I have links to those accounts in the show notes. Hit me up anytime you like to on any of those accounts. And you can make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. A few questions that I have about Tennessee entering the Florida game on Saturday. Maybe they will get answered this week, maybe not. Uh, But one will be Bryce Thompson. What kind of impact can he make on Tennessee's defense? The expectation is that he's playing there at cornerback for Tennessee if he's traveling with the Tennessee football team. It would be a surprise if he's not out on the field considering he's going to be there with the team. Can he help Tennessee's defense? Can he go make a play? If Bryce Thompson's out there, you'd like him to make a play for you on the defensive side, right? He's shown in the past that he can do this. Can this be a coming out party for someone? Quavaris Crouch, he's a guy that's gotten some more playing time. I've talked about him a little bit this week. Can he get to the quarterback? Can he get out there in a a third and long situation, get after Kyle Trask, and help Tennessee take the football away? Somebody like that. On the offensive side, we've seen Eric Gray, but can he hit a big run? If you're looking at the athleticism that Florida has, the speed that Florida has, well, Eric Gray is a guy that's not going to be intimidated by that. We were talking about Tennessee's receivers earlier, and I would say get the ball to Juwan Jennings early. That's a pretty obvious idea. Hey, one of your best players, a senior, get him the ball early. But he can help set the tone. Juwan can go make plays. He's not going to be intimidated by the environment there in Gainesville. So those those guys with speed, those guys that can make plays, that can beat some of Florida's defenders, get them involved early. Make it as easy as possible for Jarrett Garantano, and maybe he can get into a bit of a rhythm as well. Then there's the offensive line. Are they ready to go? If Wanye Morris is starting at left tackle, he's a true freshman at left tackle. Darnell Wright is a true freshman expected to start at right guard. Karon Calbert's in his third year in the program, but he doesn't have a lot of experience, and now he's getting ready to start at right tackle with most of his previous work being at guard. Is he going to be ready to help protect Garantano? Because Florida's going to throw a lot at him and his teammates up front. Jeremy Pruitt did talk about Darnell Wright and Kron Calvert and how they performed last week with Wright at right guard and Calvert at right tackle. Listen to what Jeremy said about those two guys who are inexperienced but big and talented. You know, neither guy has a whole lot of experience. You know, I think both guys are extremely talented. Um, you know, um, they if, if, if they know what they're doing, okay, um, then they have a chance to have success, okay? And they and and that's no knock on their ability to learn. It's Darnell's played guard for three practices, and now this will be five this week. And Karon, likewise, has moved to right tackle. But it gives us a chance to put those two guys side by side, uh, which we think gives us the best chance to have success offensively. And uh, when they get it right, they do a pretty good job at it. Jeremy Pruitt talking about Darnell Wright, Karon Calvert. Are they going to know? There's a question. Are they going to know? what to do on Saturday against Florida. This is a chance for Tennessee to show that it is a much better team than the one we saw the first couple of weeks of the season. There will never be 
a reasonable explanation for Tennessee having lost to Georgia State. It's an unacceptable loss. It always will be. Georgia State lost by 47 points to Western Michigan this past weekend. I'll say it again. Georgia State lost to Western Michigan by 47 points, but it won at Neyland Stadium. It should not have happened. Everybody agrees on that. Beth did send me the uh, the question, hey, can we maybe look at BYU? Is that a better opponent than Tennessee might have given it credit for? We might have given it credit for heading in. Now, going in, I think most people looked at it and said, this could be a tough game. And Tennessee gave really good effort. It just had the disappointing result. And if it gets a stop there at the end, Tennessee beats BYU. BYU did beat USC this past weekend. So the loss to BYU does not look as bad. The Cougars have a chance to put together a successful season coming up. BYU has Washington coming up. It's a really tough schedule for BYU early in the season. Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington. Not not a very easy first four weeks of the season. So yeah, I, I think that BYU team probably looks a little bit better than we thought at the time. But I, th- I think BYU is a solid football team. It's a game that Tennessee probably should have won at home. If Jarrett Garantano plays a little bit better, Tennessee probably wins the game. If Tennessee's able to get a defensive stop there late, Tennessee definitely wins the game. But uh, there is an opportunity here for Tennessee to move past that because you can't change those results. But if you win against Florida, the next two weeks can be really big for Tennessee on the recruiting trail. Tennessee's coaches will go sell that. Fans will be more excited about what's happening moving forward. It won't make the Georgia game any easier, but Tennessee players coming back to campus with a win, fans are going to be there greeting them. They'll be motivated to go work out and get ready and focus and prepare and all that stuff for the Georgia game in a couple of weeks. If Tennessee loses to Florida, well, things get just a little bit tougher because at that point, the Vols would be 1-3 and with two weeks to go until the Georgia game. I guess I need to make a prediction for the game. I'm terrible at this, but I'm going to say that Florida does get the win against Tennessee. 23-17 Florida will be my final score. If Tennessee does a lot of what I talked about in this episode, then I think Tennessee has a good chance to pull off the upset. I think that's asking a lot going on the road for the first time against a team that across the board has better personnel probably than Tennessee. So we'll see what happens. If I'm wrong with my prediction and Tennessee gets the win, then you can let me know how dumb my pick was. Either way, I'll be here on Locked on Vols to talk about it on Monday. It's a noon kickoff for Tennessee against Florida in the Swamp. The game will be on ESPN on Saturday. Did I miss any keys or matchups to pay attention to in this game? Hit me up on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I have the links for you in the show notes. Continue to spread the word to Tennessee fans about the daily Locked on Vols podcast. If you haven't had a chance to rate and review the show, please do so. That's a big help. I just appreciate you being here. Enjoy football this weekend, and I will see you back here on Monday on Locked on Balls.